You are listening to All Things Sustainable, where we unpack topics related to sustainable living, as well as how to apply specific actions to your own life. I'm your eco-living coach and podcast host, Katie Kirpanik. Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the All Things Sustainable podcast. We are currently in season four, where we are discussing all things eco-minded parenting and caretaking. So far in the season, we have covered hypnobirthing, hypnotherapy, so kind of starting off from the very beginning of most people's parenthood journey. And then from there, we've talked about sustainable breastfeeding journeys, you know, pumping tips, balancing, working and breastfeeding, all those good things. Uh, Last episode was about non-toxic living, creating a safe, healthy environment for you and your family. And today we have the absolute privilege of talking with Shayla, the Shayla from Hey Shayla. If you don't know who she is already, you need to go follow her. Like listen to this episode, but then immediately go follow her. You can find everything that she has under the name Hey Shayla. And I mean, if you do know her, you're probably smiling right now. She is just absolutely wonderful. She is a gem and full of knowledge and just absolute authenticity. So her website, you know, she self-describes herself as a mama who questions everything. She asks the questions that most people think that, you know, everyone else knows the answer to. Um, But really, we're all just in this wild ride together of parenting, trying to figure it out. And she supports every parent who is trying to make all the decisions all the time. Uh, She's hilarious. She is realistic and relatable. She's minimalistic. Uh, I'm kind of going off her website and kind of just saying things that I love about her too. So basically, you are in for a treat today. We are just mainly talking about all the things that are like crunchy or sustainable or eco-friendly. That's like the first half of this podcast episode, just kind of going into our own experiences with trying to live sustainably as in eco-friendly and granola with our kids. And then the second half of the episode takes a turn and we kind of pivot to talk more about the other definition of sustainable, more like balance. So we talk a lot about transitioning from before being a mom or a parent to being a mom or a parent. And then we talk about that transition from one to two kids. I haven't gone through that transition yet, but Shayla has. And so there is just a whole variety of really good stuff in this episode. I had an absolute blast talking with her and I'm so excited for you all to hear the advice and wisdom and just relatable stories that Shayla has to share. Shayla has a huge following on YouTube. That's kind of where, you know, she's gotten her start. um, And she's also grown a massive Instagram community, um, a community through her podcast, all of it again under the name Hey Shayla. And on YouTube, she currently has over 125,000 subscribers. And she has also come out with a YouTube with confidence course. So if you go to her website, heyshayla.com, you can check that out if YouTube is something that you are interested in and you want to know how to do it with confidence starting from square one. You're definitely going to want to learn from Shayla. So all of her contact information and the things that she offers will be available in the episode description. 
And then speaking of video courses, one quick plug, I have sustainable video courses. If you're not already aware on my website, thatminimallife.com, you can find that in the episode description as well. And there are courses that cover a variety of topics, anything from like living sustainably on a budget to composting 101, you know, raising a family sustainably, all these different topics. You can find those video courses on my website if you're interested. And also, if you want to promote those video courses and then make some extra, you know, like side money from any courses that are sold through your unique affiliate link, you can now become an affiliate through the kind of like ambassador program that I've created. So I will also have that link available in the episode description. You can sign up today for free. Um, Really like you're not losing anything by signing up. And then if you want to start promoting these video courses, I have created everything that you'll need in order to do that. So I have like graphics and captions and anything you might need for social media posts. And then If people are interested in those video courses, they click your link, then if they purchase a course, that sale will be tracked to you and you will earn 10% of that sale and any others that come from your link. So just plugging that in, if you're interested in any of those things, check out the episode description. But with that being said, thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and dive into Crunchy Parenthood with Hey Shayla. Shayla, I am super excited to have you on the podcast. I also feel like I have to hold myself back from being like, hey, Shayla, or calling you, hey, Shayla. <laughs> like when I tell people I'm having, hey, Shayla on my podcast, yeah, um, it just comes out so naturally, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you and talk and be a guest on a podcast and talk about all the eco-friendly. This is like my jam. I'm loving yes. this. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. You're a professional at this. Like you have your own podcast and a YouTube channel and an Instagram community and like all these things. So, um, so yeah, you're pretty like YouTube famous. If <laughs> <laughs> I know I told Seth, I was like, she called me a granola mom icon Seth she called me an icon and he's like what I was like I know I know get the baby let's do it I can't even handle this (laughs) I love this so much oh yeah because it's like when you're a content creator it's I think it's easy for people to like kind of put you on a pedestal and be like oh my gosh they're like not even a real human but also like you show up so authentically human all the time in everything you do and that is like the best thing about you, at least what I think. So thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Of course. Okay. We are talking in this whole season, um, on this podcast about like eco-minded parenting and caretaking. So we're going to have a whole variety of guest speakers on this season. And, um, I've told my listeners a little bit about you in the introduction to this episode, but I would love to just hear from you first, before we even get into all the things like you know, tell us about who you are and who are the beloved people in your life and like, what are you passionate about? All those things. Amazing. So I, I constantly feel like I'm still like, you know, the person in high school, who's like the high school, um, quarterback who will forever hold that identity in their soul. That's me with the full-time travel. Like I was a (laughs) full-time traveler before I came a mom and I'm, I'll always like throw it in there. Like, yeah, well, when I used to when I used to travel full time, uh, and I was really cool before I was a mom. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. So, 
so I'm going to start with that. So in 2015, I started traveling full-time and my friends were like, oh, you should start a blog. We want to see what you're up to. And I was like, I don't like writing and not, I don't particularly am not good at it. And I don't want to get better. I'm just not very good. <laughs> and so I, I, on Facebook, just put out a video of like, Hey, Facebook friends, I'm in Tahoe now. And this is what I'm doing. And this is what I've been up to and blah, blah, blah. And it got like, I don't know, a thousand views, which I feel like is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Even on Facebook now, if I got a thousand views, I'd be like, holy smokes. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. That was easy. It's just kind of storytelling. <laughs> and so a friend was like, well, why don't you start a YouTube channel? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like more fun. <laughs> and so I just did it. And I don't know why, but I committed to doing a video every single Wednesday. Wow. And so, I mean, they were it, this is the whole point of like, you just have to start to learn how to do stuff. Like I was just making videos that was like, here I am in Puerto Rico this week here. I am in blah, 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 blah. And then I had a burning man video go viral. And I was like, wow. Oh, make videos that people are searching for. Nobody's searching for what is Shayla doing in Puerto Rico this week? <laughs> They're searching for burning man or whatever. So then I started doing like how to be a solo female traveler and like things that I knew would grow. And then the channel started growing. And then I traveled around all over the place. And then in 2019, I got pregnant and the world shut down. Also, if you weren't aware or you yep. didn't. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I was like, travel. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably not much more of that's going to be happening. <laughs> so I made the very hard decision at the time. Like it was like losing sleep over. Do I just do this aggressively hard pivot of like no more travel all motherhood. And I was like, I don't really have a choice. Cause that's the aggressive pivot that my life is taking. Right. So that's what my channel is going to be taking. And I renamed my channel. So I started out as yoga Shay where <laughs> I would like do morning yoga stretches. And then I, and then I went to living on a one way and that was all the travel stuff. And then I switched again to, Hey Shayla. Cause I was like, I need to stop switching. And I just need a name. That's going to be all encompassing of anything that I decide to talk about. Anything about me, Shayla. Yeah. Hey Shayla. So that's where that came in. And so I've been a mom, been a mom now for about three years and uh, <laughs> been learning a lot. And I think having that travel of seeing that the rest of everyone in the world does things so differently, but they all seem to work and function just fine. Mm -hmm. And kind of like going through travel open-minded and just like learning all the things and I think that all helped prepare me for motherhood and prepare me for sharing about motherhood because my whole schlep is that like, we're all doing it differently. We all have no idea what we're doing. Yep. Figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we have things to learn from each other and like, just like traveling, you take what you love, you leave what you don't like it changes you. And so the, the travel paired with, I don't watch much YouTube. Yeah. So like sometimes I watch YouTube and I'm like, wow, she does an intro. That's a cool <laughs> idea. Like the most basic things are there for the, like to be, oh, subscribe and like, if you enjoyed this video, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I should mention those. Right. So like the things that I, when I do end up watching, I learn stuff, but otherwise I feel like it's a good thing that I don't, because then I can kind of just create my own stuff and just sort of do what comes organically or topics that come organically. And if I need to do some research or whatever, but, um, I think that that helps. Cause then I'm not really comparing and I'm just sort of nose down 
it's like, I don't have time to do anything else and just sharing what I can. So I would say that is, uh, that's, that's about me. That's, (laughs) (laughs) that's all this stuff. But I think I've just always tried to live in flow as much as I can. That's like always been my goal is just to kind of like go with what feels the best. And that's sort of what I've done in motherhood. And that's how I've ended up here with like all of this nursing on demand and co-sleeping and, um, I don't know, all of that more hippie stuff, but then also the eco-friendly stuff. So, yeah. And I love that with, so again, like you show up so authentically in everything you do. And I think it is genius that you don't watch YouTube specifically to like, try and be like other content creators. Like I've gotten that feedback as a coach too, that like, you know, you, if there are other coaches in the field you're coaching in, like specifically don't follow their things because then not only does that also keep you from like copying somebody intentionally or unintentionally, but it just like keeps you on the edge of, you know, whatever you're putting out into the world is completely unique. So And then, yeah, and you show up authentically. And I love that, like, hey, Shayla is just, you're putting out videos that are topics you're interested in. And so are a bunch of other people. And then now you're doing that with your podcast too. And like, you like to say that you're asking all the questions that people think that, you know, they should know the answers to, but like, you don't. So I appreciate that you ask those things all the time. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. No, it's, it's so, um, it's relatable and you're building such a relatable community on Instagram too, because like, uh, I love watching your stories and you're just like putting things, questions, real questions out into the world all the time. So with this, uh, podcast season that I'm doing, I feel like you could probably speak to every single topic that I have (laughs) on my, on my books with like, okay, we're going to cover hypnobirthing and we're going to cover non-toxic living and minimalism and like all these things. And you, you have like videos about probably all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew when I was creating the idea for this season that like, I wanted to ask you to be on it, but I was also struggling to figure out like, what is Shayla going to talk about? Like, what are, what is the point of our conversation? So what I landed on, here's my confession. I just basically want to talk to you. And I was like, I'm going to come up with whatever, whatever topic seems to make sense. And I think, uh, we can just talk about any things that have to do with like crunchy parenting and also like making the sustainable, like in a work-life balance kind of sustainable definition, making that transition from pre-mom working life, you know, for you like traveling and then going into full-time motherhood and also being a working mom, like they're just all these things that have to do with sustainability, not only in an eco-friendly sense, but also just sustainable, like saving your sanity kind of sense. <laughs> yes. I know. I love that. The sustainable work life. Cause it is yeah. that's yeah, totally. No. Well, I feel like a big part of this is if somebody's kind of, cause I feel like when you become pregnant, that's kind of when you're like, Oh, I can't eat certain things. Oh, is my lotion okay for me? Oh, is this, and this is. And so first of all, there's so much stress that can go into that because you're like, I have been using this lotion forever, but now it has an ingredient that I can't use. What can I use? How do I figure this out? Oh, it's $20 for a bottle that normally costs me three. Like what, how do I afford all of these things? And so there can be a lot of anxiety and stress that goes into it. And so I guess, so here, I'm going to, I'm going to help you with our 
<laughs> the direction. Because as soon as you were talking, I was like, I've got it. I've got it. You got so, it. <laughs> yes. I feel like first the figuring out how to be more eco-friendly if you're just kind of starting the journey. And then also like what there can be some judgment from people who are like, you're going to have a gluten-free, you're getting the gluten-free thing from the menu. And you're like, yes, I am. Because I know what I, I read my thing. And I saw that real one time that told me that this is better. Like, so the, as far as the anxiety goes, I am a, I heard this quote one time and I love it. And I think it's perfect. This is mostly about eco-conscious stuff, but it's, I wrote it down so I didn't mess it up. We don't need a handful of people doing it perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Yes. How much stress does that relieve? Yeah. You're like, so oh, much. I could be one of those million people that don't do it perfectly, yeah. but like make a couple of changes. And like the impact that a couple of changes makes with a million people is massive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the first thing that people need to keep in their head. Like if you're not able to get all new kitchenware and all yeah. new soaps and all new whatever, that's okay. Yeah. And, and honestly, you should finish the bad soap that you have in <laughs> yes. your thing before you buy new, because otherwise you're just creating waste to make a different change. Right. And then you have like the eco-conscious and you have the non-toxic and there, there's like a bunch of levels to this too. And so yeah, <laughs> it gets really complicated. So I, and, and just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you eat an elephant or whatever? One bite at a time yeah. that like take, take the one thing, be like, oh man, I use a lot of diapers. Mm-hmm. So let's start with cloth diapers, or I use a lot of paper towels. Mm-hmm. Let me buy a few extra rags or cut one of these old towels into rags and try using that and seeing how that works. And so I guess that would be my like first recommendation of like, when you're starting to do the transition is just like pick one thing mm-hmm. and, or when you need to replace something, then do the research to figure out what to replace. Yeah. Right. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's, so that's what I am trying to put out into the world and communicate with like my coaching and my podcast that you just need to start somewhere. Like we all just need to start somewhere and it definitely doesn't need to be perfect. And then I love like a good play on words. And I feel like sustainable has become like one of my favorite words because it, to me, if you cannot sustain these lifestyle changes that you're making, if they are not sustainable for you long-term, then you're not actually living sustainably, even if you're trying to do all the eco-friendly things. So that's kind of become like the main message I'm, I'm trying to share with uh, as many people as possible. Um, and okay. So you, I mean, you use like the sort of self self-identifying labels or whatever that term is all the time, like crunchy granola, a little bit hippie. Um, what does that mean to you? And like to your audience when you say that? So I don't know. That's, I think that's why I throw out so many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which one of these resonates with you or like you've heard before, but for me, I think it just means conscious being conscious of what you're doing, being conscious of what you choose to do. So some people are more like they're going to use all the harsh chemicals on their face because that's what they want, but they're going to make sure that it's an eco-friendly packaging. Like, (laughs) so, you know what I mean? So everyone has their own values and what they're trying to do. And they have their different like, uh, routines, rhythms. I don't know. Basically like the thing about if you use a ton of paper towels a day, try replacing that, like everyone has their different 
things that they can make a small change in that would make a bigger impact in their house. Mm-hmm. So I think just kind of figuring out what yours is and like, okay, that's not answer the question. Granola, crunchy, hippie. So I think conscious, I think that's what it is. Just conscious living, just trying to be more aware of what you're doing and not just going through the motions of what you've been doing, but kind of like starting to question them and research them and have an open mind about it on both sides. Yeah. Yep. And you're, you're learning all the time. Like, I mean, you're a big reader, you love to read and you know, you're putting out information all the time in your podcast and like learning from the people you're interviewing, which is so huge. So I feel like that's a big part of this too, is just like taking in information on a consistent basis in a way that is like not overwhelming and burdensome. But if we're consistently learning, then you can't unknow those things you can't totally yeah you can't forget about what you've just learned that was so mind-blowing and I think that makes a big difference in people's lives too and like keeps them motivated to just do the best that they can absolutely I agree yeah yeah what do you feel like is the the most like crunchy or granola thing that you've done in all these different like motherhood topics that you talk about (laughs) uh uh, encapsulating my placenta. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was trying to think of, uh, I read that in the questions and I was like, what is the crunch? It's that's definitely it. And it's become so, I believe in it so much because of the drastic difference between my two pregnancies. Cause I did not for my first and my second, I was like, give me anything that will give me a different postpartum, like literally anything. And somebody was like your placenta, my, my clinical nutritionist recommended it to me. Wow. I was like, well, she's not a doula. She's not, she's like a nutritionist. She's like, well, we eat animal livers and stuff. So it's just like, I don't know her. And I was like, wait, are you kidding? So then I asked a doula friend that I knew and she's like, yeah, sure. We can encapsulate your placenta. And I was like, okay. Like the only thing, like, I'd rather have it not need it than need it and not have it. So, okay. And I was like (laughs) a joke about it that I would be like, like I would need it. Like where's my placenta pill? Like I would go in the fridge <laughs> and I was like frantically just hormonal and I would take it. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> so <laughs> instant. Literally. <laughs> yes. And I live in this like social media world that when I see like parents, friends at daycare or something that live in the normal world mm-hmm. and aren't like, don't have this granola community around them. And I'd suggest something like that. And they're just like completely like taken back. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. That is kind of weird. It feels <laughs> really normal to me, but like, I understand, but, but like you should do it though. Here's a number of somebody who does it locally. Here you go. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> Have you done it? All the things I did. Yeah. Yes. So, um, my, I had a friend who told me to do it like, cause, um, she had a baby, I think a year before I did something like that. And, uh, so, and she's like another super crunchy friend and I love her to death. So she told me about it. I was very weirded out at first and was like, I don't know if I could do that. Um, and then I learned more about the process and did the whole like deep dive of research. And the way I did it was like encapsulated in just the little, you know, pills. And I was like, okay, so that's not that gross. Like in, you know, orally taking it. Um, and so since I didn't have a diff, like a different experience like you did with your first postpartum. Um, I didn't know any different, but I do feel like it helped a lot because, um, my, I don't know, compared to some stories that I've heard, my postpartum experience wasn't like maybe as hard as it could have been. Um, I do feel like hard, still hard. It's not a magic pill. (laughs) Yeah. 
definitely no. not a magic bullet. <laughs> no, but like, I do feel like there was more maybe emotional or hormonal balance that was going on. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I think it helps. I would do it again. Yeah. No, I, I understand not knowing the difference. And I, I just remember this time being like, Seth, I'm not, I haven't cried yet in two, <laughs> two weeks after. And I was like the other, the first one, I mean, granted it was also COVID. So like yeah. that could be the factor, Yeah, but I felt pretty good about it. And I would recommend it to any non-crunchy or crunchy people ever. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and it's funny because like, I'm like, I don't really know what else. I don't really think I'm that crunchy otherwise. And Seth will be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like what? Or else I've said that. And somebody's like, she says she's not crunchy. Somebody did a story and like tagged me and they're like, but she's super crunchy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's like, if you're trying, if you're looking at this whole spectrum of things and people you follow, and then you're like, okay, where am I on this spectrum? But yeah. then compared to some, yeah, even, even when I tell people that we've used cloth diapers, for some people, that is like an absolute shocking factor. Yes. And they're like, whoa, that's super <laughs> crunchy and granola. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I get it, but it's not as bad as you think, but I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I so feel funny. like with cloth, this is such a tangent, but I'm like with cloth diapering, I feel like you are going to have to deal with poop and pee either way. Like yeah, no matter 100%. what you do, your baby is going to have these massive blowouts at some point. Like it's going to be a mess and it's just gross either way. Yeah. So I was like, for me, it wasn't such a big deal because cloth diapering, the more I learned about it, I was like, this is actually pretty easy to manage and to clean up easier than what I thought it was going to be. I know that's a relative term, right. but, <laughs> but it wasn't that hard and it wasn't that gross. And I still would have had to deal with it if we had done disposables all the time. So totally. Yeah. And once you figure out your system and you choose your diaper, that was a stressful part for me. I'm like, what? There's five different kinds. <laughs> Why? Right. And I just had a friend who was like, this is my favorite. And I was like, good. That's my favorite too. I'm just ordering that one. I don't want to make any more decisions. <laughs> like, but yeah, once you figure it out, you're right. Like even you're wiping butts, you're, yeah. you're doing, you're very, intimate with the poo. So mm -hmm. might as well just, cause in my mind, it's way easier to do a load of laundry than it is to go to the store and buy a big box of diapers with child. <laughs> oh yeah. And when you see the cost too, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, we've been doing, uh, one disposable diaper overnight. Yep. Um, that's just kind of like every other the same thing. Okay. So like yeah. the rest of the time was cloth. And then we started doing EC, um, elimination nice. communication. Yeah. So, but the amount that we cut back on the disposable diapers, like having to buy those. Um, oh my gosh. I was like, we are saving so much money. I did the math at one point and it was literally like over a thousand dollars a year, I think. So yeah. it was insane. Well, and it gets even better when you have your second, if you're going to have any more, cause then you're like, yeah, I already have these. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even buy any more diapers. This is fantastic. And it like, then you just feel like your cost savings is just exponentially better. Oh, and yeah. like, Aaliyah is fully potty trained now, but that's what I use at night with her because mm -hmm. I was using a disposable because we do the same thing. We use disposables at night. And so I was just like, habit, okay, put you in the disposables at night. She was getting a really bad rash on her booty. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is not great. Let's try the cloth. And I was like, why have I not been using the cloth anyway? Most of the time she wakes up with a dry diaper. And then what do I, I put her back in the disposable, like use it two days and then it's dry. And then I throw it away. Like this is, just doesn't make <laughs> sense. So now she uses the cloth to sleep and it's perfect. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
That's great. I mean, you just, you have to find the system that works for you and your family. And that's like, again, all part of the whole sustainable thing is like what works for your family. Yeah. So it's definitely not going to be like a one size fits all kind of method, but, um, is there, okay. So, oh no, go ahead. No, it also doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like we use disposables at night, like I said, but also I use them if I'm out, if we're going to the zoo or something and I don't want to deal with the wet bag, I will put her in disposable. If I know she's going to take a super long nap, I'll put her in a disposable. So that's yeah. the whole, like doing it imperfectly just because you have the cloth diapers doesn't mean that you can't use a disposable. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you just do what you can. So with, uh, you were talking about what you do with Aaliyah. So, um, are there things that, I mean, I know there are kind of, cause I've seen some of it in your YouTube channel progression as you mm-hmm. had another kiddo, but for our listeners who maybe don't know, what are the things that you did with Aaliyah that maybe you were like hyper-focused on or really just like conscious about being sustainable, but then when your second kiddo Esme came along, like what has changed or what do you feel like maybe you loosened up a little bit about like what sustainable living look like for you with two kids now, I guess is the question. I think it's very similar. I don't think that there's a lot of changes. Yeah. We still do the cloth diapering. Um, I'm looser with EC with Esme because like I let her, cause when Aaliyah would cry, like after a nap, I'd be in a room two seconds later. Yeah. Well, sometimes they fall back asleep. And I never learned that with Aaliyah because I never gave her the opportunity to fall back asleep with Esme. I let her fuss a little bit. We all know the difference between like crying upset. Like I can look on the monitor. I see if she keeps her head on her pillow and she's crying. She's like still kind of sleepy. If she sits up, I'm going to go in there in that process. She usually does a little pee. Mm hmm. So I'm not catching it as much as I used to with Aaliyah because I'd be like, oh, you're awake. Grab you. Let's put you on the potty. Oh, I caught it. Cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not catching it as much as I used to. Um, and I just don't care. I think that's okay. I'm like way more relaxed with Esme because I have to be, and I don't have the time that I had with just Aaliyah. Like yeah. it was COVID. It was one kid. I was hyper-focused on literally everything. Mm-hmm. And with Ez, like like I get the love every boxes and I would try and like do all the love every boxes with Aaliyah and I would like teach her all the toys and whatever. I have pulled out a couple for Esme, like girl learns everything from my hip. And so like, <laughs> that's the benefit of this child is she gets to see Aaliyah do everything. And she yeah. just like, watch it. Like I can't unload the dishwasher without holding her or like unload the laundry. I'll just set her by my feet and she holds onto my leg while I unload the laundry. I'm like, <laughs> All right. Well, this is what laundry looks like Esme. you're learning something. And so she's definitely, she definitely already learns by observing, but it's not as intentional. That's not sustainable. As far as sustainability goes, I really don't feel like I've done too much different. <laughs> no, I feel like that does have to do with sustainability though. Cause it's like your sustainable Ooh, yeah. balance in life. Yes. You know? <laughs> so you were totally on track. You- yes. <laughs> I love that play on sustainability because it's just so accurate. Because people try to hop on any sort of like, oh, I'm going to try this now. I'm going to try this now. But like, if it's not something that you can sustainably do, yeah, then it's kind of just for nothing. Not for nothing. It's for trying. Yeah. But it's like, it's extra frustrating and probably leading to burnout and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder like if there's listeners may be listening to this episode and and you felt the same way you should like message Shayla and I let this know but I feel like 
having a baby in the COVID era (laughs) was such a beast of its own. Like, I think that having a baby and going through the postpartum process and all of it is, it has its challenges no matter what, and it has its joys no matter what, but the COVID era was so isolating. Like, cause I had, you know, my one toddler, I had him in November of 2020. And, um, so it was like, you know, not full lockdown, lockdown status. Like it was, it was during our pregnancy. Uh Um, so pregnancy was super isolating. Postpartum was still super isolating. He didn't see anybody outside of Kevin and I for like three months. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, and people would come to the window. We did like the whole, like the window. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that added to like the hyper focusing on things because that happened to me and I think it was just because I had all the time in the world and no one else around. And it was like, I was super focused to like an unhealthy point on certain parts of his schedule and eco-friendly habits that I thought I was going to be getting into already. And by three months in, I was like, why am I not doing this? Like Like, I thought I thought I would do EC from birth. Yeah. Um, I read, you know, all the things and I like studied it. I was so ready. I bought all my materials and then I was like freaking out about it when the time actually came and he was so little and fragile. And I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm curious if that's like a lot of people's experience. I I no doubt. No doubt. I think you're spot on. I think everybody (laughs) was home. Everybody was having baby, whatever. A lot of people had babies. And you were hyper-focused on literally everything. Yeah. And I think that the COVID babies are coming out good. Like, I feel (laughs) like having that much, and they don't need to be hyper-focused, but I think just that much attention and time with mom and dad or their caretaker or whatever, I feel like that had a very positive impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was worried that, you know, my son was going to be super, like, I don't even know what the word is, but I think I was worried he was going to be not able to have social interactions or something for a long time because he was so isolated from them in his early, you know, parts of his life. And it hasn't, I don't think it's really impacted him. Like when it came time to start bringing people into our lives and like slowly acclimating again, he adjusted and we adjusted and now basically life is normal. And yeah, so (laughs) everything's fine. Yeah. And I feel like that social aspect happens for them after 18 months. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that close attachment with the caretaker the first 18 months is like a good foundation. And then it's like, okay, now you are aware of other people. Let's get you interacting and socializing. So I I feel like it's good. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we, you know, we, these are our kids. So it's like, yeah, they're we're gonna perfect. Say, we're going to say they're fine. <laughs> they're perfect. Everything's fine. Exactly. Hey there, beautiful people. I've got something extraordinary to share with you today. Let's talk about Izzy, a game changer in the world of zero waste beauty. I've personally been using Izzy's beauty line since early 2021. And let me tell you, they have hands down the best zero waste mascara I've ever tried. But what sets Izzy apart? They take zero waste to a whole new level. First, let's talk packaging. Say goodbye to unnecessary waste. Izzy mascara comes in a reusable mailer made from upcycled materials 
materials, so no outer packaging means less impact on the environment. Now let's dive into their innovative design. Izzy's stainless steel tubes are proudly American-made and medical-grade. They're not just durable, they are designed to be sanitized and refilled over 10,000 times. That's incredible. So how does it work? Izzy puts their tubes through a triple medical cleanse, ensuring that there's no microbial or bacterial buildup. They even receive a certificate to guarantee the highest hygiene standards, so your peace of mind is their priority. And then let's talk plastic. Izzy is leading the charge in reducing plastic waste. Their tube is 100% plastic-free, and those little plastic wipers and wands, they are reground, melted, and recycled at their facility. In fact, Izzy uses 94% less plastic than all leading beauty brands. That's true dedication to the planet. And let's not forget about the quality. Izzy mascara is clean, vegan-friendly, cruelty-free, certified organic by the FDA, it's free of gluten, GMOs, alcohol, oil, parabens, silicone, and more. This is beauty without compromise. Okay, but does it work? Absolutely, it's the best mascara I've ever used and I am sold for life. And I'm so excited, Izzy also offers lip gloss, brow gel, and a whole variety of zero waste products in their beauty line, and they are currently working to add even more so you can embrace a full range of sustainable beauty. Are you ready to experience the Izzy revolution? Use the affiliate link in the episode description and enter the code THATMINIMALLIFE to enjoy 10% off your single purchase. And for those of you interested in a membership with multiple mascaras, use the code ZEROWASTE10 for 10% off. It's an incredible offer, and by using the affiliate link in the show notes, you will also be supporting my work without any extra cost to you. Join the Izzy movement and indulge in beauty that's good for you and the planet. So click the link in the show notes, and together let's embrace a world where sustainability meets stunning results. Now back to the show. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about, because I would love to hear more about your experience going from pre-mom life, you know, full-time traveler, like you got to do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. And that's something that, you know, I didn't travel full-time, but as you know, pre-mom to mom, that was like a big transition in itself was like, I have to change my entire schedule. Um, the way I think about things, my responsibility level, like all the things. Um, and then you're also like, you've continued to be a working mom and kind of built your channel and your brand and like, you know, a business with it. So I would love to hear about that. Like, how was that transition? What helped you in that transition? And, you know, what's kind of kept you sustainable in the sense of like not losing your mind completely yeah, all the time? Totally. So, uh, it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people, when they transition from what are they, what are they, I wrote this down too, cause it was a big one matron to mother mm. matron is what you're called Ooh. before. Yeah. Wait, matron. That's not right. It, maiden maiden yeah. maiden to mother. Woof. Like it is. I just remember, I mean, honestly, COVID helped and hurt. It helped because nobody was doing anything. So there was no FOMO. I wasn't yeah. jealous of all my friends doing traveling or doing their thing or whatever while I was a mom, but like, I didn't get to do any. Okay. It was such a hard time. I'm just trying to like <laughs> put into words what this was like. So I just, I think COVID was an impact. I think not being able to travel was an impact. I think, I don't know. They, somebody, when I was traveling once was like, 
are you running from something? You're running for some, running towards something. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, <laughs> people that are traveling are either running away from something or running towards something. And I was like, this is too deep for me. I just want to eat my <laughs> breakfast. Like, what are you doing? So, but I do feel like it was a bit of like, I have no responsibility. I have no, I wasn't in people's weddings because I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be home or not. And I was cool with that. And then I didn't have to like be part of all these like things or understand all the traditions or do things wrong or whatever. I just got to like, go do my own thing. And like, I would show up to their wedding, but I didn't have to be a part of all the, and like, that kind of sounds terrible, honestly, but <laughs> I liked the lack of responsibility in retrospect at the time. I don't know that I would have told you that, but like, I liked just being able to be like, I don't know. I think I'm going to go to Arizona tomorrow or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave in two days. Cause the flights are cheaper. Like it was just this like super fluid, uh, low responsibility kind of go with whatever I wanted. And there's a lot of responsibility when you're a mom mm-hmm. that like it's it. So it was very, very, very jarring. And I, and then your husband or your partner gets to like, I remember being like, you get to go to work. And he's like, what did you just say? <laughs> yep. Like, no, you get to leave and you get to go to work. And I just, I, I'm just going to do the same thing I did yesterday. Yep. And so I interviewed someone on my podcast who talked about that made into motherhood. And she said, it takes about two years. Yeah. I believe it. Yes. Yeah. Because around the two year mark, it's also when I had my second kid, but around that time is when I was like, okay, yeah, I've kind of found my new rhythm Mm -hmm. and I've accepted my new rhythm. I'm not fighting it anymore. I'm not trying to go back to that old life. And I was never like a party or a drinker like that, but I just wanted to like travel or like get in the car in two seconds or Mm -hmm. just do things on a whim. And you're just not able to do that. And so once I kind of like settled into my motherhood and like, then I really started to enjoy it. And I was like, this is so fun. And my kids are so fun. And I think that I'm definitely a toddler mom more than I am like a newborn mom. Like I thrive in this time. It is after one is just the absolute best for me. Like, yep. Same. Yes. They're learning things and you get to like Mm -hmm. interact with them more. And like you watch them figure something out and you're like, Oh, Oh, beautiful. (laughs) It is just like, it's so much fun. And like, we can do crafts and we can, she's recognizing her a, the a's in signs. And she's like, Oh, my letter. And I'm like, Oh, that is your letter. I know (laughs) it's just so much fun. And so once th- that like kind of settling happened, I really, I feel like started to thrive. And then of course it would jerk back and forth where I'm like, no, this is hard. Oh wait, no, this is great. But like, I no longer, I just was looking forward now. I was no longer looking back being like, what's happening? Where, where's my life turning? I was like, okay, here it is. These are my circumstances. Yeah. I want to like, and just like working with that. And it just made such a huge difference. So, um, and, and like what I said with, I like going, finding the flow of things, that's it. Like I was just trying to go with my instincts and then finding things to support that. Like, like the floor bed, I'd be like, man, I wish I could just put her crib on the floor so that I could just lay there, nurse her till she fell asleep and roll away. So I like Googled floor beds and they were like, Montessori <laughs> floor beds. And I was like, this is the thing. This is fantastic. <laughs> so like just trying to find the people that were aligned and the yeah. advice that was aligned and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all 
at one time. Like that's, you know, you're trying to learn all of these new things all at one time. Oh my gosh. It is so hard. And, and I appreciate you saying that and just being so honest and vulnerable about like what your experience was, because I think that more often than not, that is the experience for most of us. And, um, it's a hard, hard transition to make. And I think for even people I've talked to who like, they wanted to be a mom their whole totally. life, yeah. like it's still, it's still a lot to get used to. Um, I haven't read the book yet, but I heard you recommending it at some point, something about matrescence. And like, mm-hmm. I love that word, like the way yes. it sounds, but it made so much sense when you were talking about what this book is and like that whole concept that you grow into your matrescence, like your maternal essence and, and yeah, having like maybe the two year mark or sometime around there. Um, my son's two and a half now. And like, I definitely feel like I'm way more settled and just like grounded in being a mom and just kind of laugh about it now that like, yep, I'm a mom and I am not as cool as I once was. Right. (laughs) That's okay. Yes. Uh, it's a lot to have to hang on to though. Like, okay. So what, if you could give advice to, you know, listeners who are maybe like new moms or they're pregnant, so they're going to be a mom. Um, I feel like you probably got a lot of advice unsolicited as I did too. And mm-hmm. it's not always helpful. So yeah. what would your advice be to these new moms, new parents who are like in that transition phase or about to be? Um, do what works until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. is what I say on repeat. So like the whole co-sleeping thing, it, like co-sleep, if that feels right to you and you figure out how to do it safely. And then if at four weeks, four months, four years, you're like, nah, this is mm-hmm. not working anymore. That's okay. Yeah. You get to change your mind. Mm-hmm. It's your parenting style. It's your parenthood. It's you get to do what works for you. So I think you got to just really like release the stress of like doing it right. Because yeah, you do get a ton of advice and you get a ton of like input and it's not always helpful and everyone's situation is different. So I think that's like, I keep referencing weird stuff, but I think I saw like a, a reel that was talking about how in maidenhood, you rely on external things to help you make decisions like your friends or your mom or your whatever in motherhood, you need to rely on your internal self Mm. to make decisions. Yeah. And that can be really challenging because first you've never done it before. Second, you don't know, you've never been a mom before. How do you know the right, but you do Yeah. because it's it's not being a mom before it's your experience and your children and your family. And like, yeah, talk to the people that you want advice from. But that's when I find a lot of like dissonances when I'm constantly like, asking you, asking Seth, asking my therapist, asking my neighbor, asking whatever. And inevitably I just need to like quiet (laughs) everyone else out. Be like, okay, what do I want to do? And when I make this decision, I can change my mind a month later or a week later or whatever. That's okay. Cause I feel like so many people think if you make a decision, well, that's, that's the decision for life. (laughs) And, and also that like, everything truly is a phase, like, Mm -hmm. especially that first year. I mean, your baby can sleep fantastic for a night and then the next week they're not. And then the next month they are. And like, and that's, that is what happens. So like you just knowing, cause I just remember being like, this is unbearable. And like, how, how am I going to keep doing this? 
Well, you keep yeah. doing it because it'll change mm-hmm. and it'll get, it'll get harder and then easier and then different. And like, but it is, it can be hard when you're in it to just be like, I didn't know what I was signing up for, yeah. but it, but nobody does. And everybody, I don't know. I, I, I try really hard on my content to be honest, but not negative because it's mm-hmm. not negative. It's hard. Yes. Yeah. But it's also great. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's no, true. that makes so much sense to me. So I feel like what you shared about relying on your inner strength, the more grounded you get in and just time and experience in motherhood, I feel like it's so amazing how much birth, like from the very beginning of your motherhood journey, birth is what like actually has to prepare you for that. Because usually I think like most people I've talked to, they had some sort of a birth plan or a birth vision in mind. And then like something (laughs) about it didn't go exactly the way they were thinking or wanting. And you just like from the very moment that you become a parent, you have to roll with it. You Mm -hmm. have to be flexible. And then on top of that, you learn that you have this inner strength that you never knew before, because there is nothing like that experience of giving birth. So I feel like that, you know, for, for parents who gave birth and that was their start to their parenthood journey that I feel like just throws you into this automatically. And you learn that you have this strength. And then just from that point forward, you have to continue to tap into it and to like be aware of it and and just get stronger from there. Absolutely. And, and going with that, my sister was a single mom in the beginning and I came home from traveling to live with her for three months. And I did not wake up in the middle of the night to feed her baby. And I remember just being absolutely exhausted when the baby would cry and just like (laughs) in awe of her when she would wake up and like, go get the baby and feed him. And I was like, aren't you so tired? And she's like, who else is going to do this? If I don't do this like this, I'm tired, but like, this is what we, I mean, this is what you have to do. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa. (laughs) And I feel like I was the dad in that moment because I learned too, biologically, moms have that innate, oh, the babies, I hear the baby where the other partner literally does not. (laughs) So if your partner is not waking up, it's by design. Mm -hmm. It's better to have one tired person than two tired people. And so I have a friend who they co-sleep, they breastfeed, they do all of that. She had to do overnights as a nurse. And she's like, my husband's not going to wake up. Guess what? He sure did. He knew that he was the caretaker that night and he was waking up to that baby. But if mom is there or like the nighttime caretaker, whichever one it is, that's the same sex couples have the same thing where Mm -hmm. one of them has that wake up and the other one has the sleep. And so it's just, uh, it's just so interesting to me, but I think that that is really important to know because sometimes you're like, doesn't, how does he not hear? How does he sleep through this? It's like, well, it, yes, it's frustrating, but it's also by design. Oh, that's the other thing. I think that there's a lot for like the new mom thing. I think that there's a lot of pressure to have our babies be independent. And, and that comes through in our anxiety when we're like, why aren't they sleeping? Why do they need me all the time? Why are they crying and at my feet? Why are they rah, 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 rah? like, no, nope. Your baby needs you. Yeah. And like, nine months in nine months on nine months near. And that is like what they need. They need that foundation to know that they are supported. And like the less annoyed with you, them, the less you are annoyed with them, the 
the easier it gets. So if you pick up your baby and you're like, oh my gosh, why are you crying? Like, obviously that happens. But if you pick up your baby, you're like, mm, baby, why are you crying? Come here. Let me hold you. You need me. And when that happens, Esme will do that. She will just, oh my gosh. It like, I'm like, Esme, what do you need? And then as soon as I do that, because I will do that, it yep. triggers me and I go, she needs me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she probably is tired. She needs a nap. I need to stop doing the dishes or running around and just like yeah. come back down, ground myself a bit and be like, oh, you're trying to get my attention because you need something because for the past three hours you've been playing and you've been just fine. But now yeah, you need me. Let's go take a nap. Yeah. Let's go breastfeed and connect like, or let's just go snuggle. Like mm-hmm. I hear you. And so I think a lot of times parents wonder why their kids aren't more independent and it's the children is not the problem. The culture is the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your kids need you. And that's very much. Okay. Yeah. I love, I had never heard that phrase, like the nine months in nine months on and nine months near, but that makes so much sense that like resonates with my experience. And yeah, I think that's so important. What, what, okay. So I have this question, but I think I can tie it into like sort of wrapping up this episode. Um, I always ask my guest speakers, like what are, you know, one to three tangible steps to fill in the blank, whatever we're talking about. So I think that this is like the perfect way to wrap this up what would you suggest be one to three tangible steps that listeners could take to keep themselves grounded or support themselves in that? Like exactly what you're just describing right now, because it is not easy to just in the moment, like give up whatever it is that you're doing and just be with your child sometimes. So what do you feel like are very accessible things, no matter where our listeners might be tuning in from that, that they could do that keeps them grounded or, or gives them like this sustainable balance in their life. Maybe the first thing that I would say is get off your phone. Hmm. I have found that to be life-changing and I go in flow. So this to me is not, it's moderately sustainable for me because I want to be all or nothing where I'm like, I'm not using my phone ever again. And then (laughs) I need to like, do a grocery pickup or something, or I want to know what time it is. But for me, it's like the scrolling on Instagram Mm -hmm. and it literally, we talk about kids screen time, our screen time needs to be in check a lot of time too, because we're exhausted. And so Mm -hmm. what can we do to like numb? We can scroll on Instagram real quick, but usually that causes more anxiety. There's too much fast moving things. There's too much things that we're not doing that everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. Like I've learned by following people that I want, I'm like, she just lives the coolest life. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to hike a mile into the wilderness in the winter time to get to my sauna. I actually would not, <laughs> I would not enjoy that at all, but she makes it look the coolest, but I don't want to do that. So just, I think, I think checking your own screen time, whatever that is. So for me, it's scrolling on Instagram. I don't care if I have Spotify on or if I, whatever, but just the doom scrolling. Mm-hmm just takes time away from your kids. It takes you out of your reality where if you can just sit on the floor and like make eye contact with them, that usually, maybe that's my second tip is like, do that. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're like, what are we going to do for the next seven hours before you go to sleep, (laughs) go sit on the floor with your kid and look them in the face and just be like, do you need a hug? Are you hungry? I need a hug. Can I have a hug? Do you want to play with your trains or just like, there's rye parenting. I don't know what it stands for. R I E, but it's basically just like 
observe your kids without intervention. Just watch Mm -hmm. what they do. And you're not ignoring them by not playing with them. You're literally just watching their experience. Hmm. And so to see them like watch a ball roll away or like see the shadows on the wall, like I'm usually looking at my phone, not looking at you look at shadows, but it's so fascinating when you can like experience, try and experience what they're experiencing. It's really kind of a cool thing. So those are two very grounding things. And then just like identifying your triggers of, for me, it's sleep. I can usually be good with like no sleep for a couple of days. But when I start hitting like three, four, I'm like, okay, phone needs to go back into the kitchen mm-hmm. where I don't have it on my bedside because there's always like something else. I'm going to look at Zillow houses now. I'm not even house hunting, <laughs> but I'm going to look for houses. And then I'm going to Pinterest. I do want to do something in the backyard. What, what are some ideas for like, just like pointless stuff that you need your sleep. So, mm-hmm. or like the baby when they're crawling at you and having that like, your response of like, what do you need? And your skin is crawling. Mm-hmm. That is your trigger. That's, that's the the tip off where you go. Okay. Okay. This is not the mom I want to be. This is not. And that's okay that that just happened. I'm not going to be moving on mm-hmm. now. What now, how are we going to like reconnect and, and just think number four, because you asked, <laughs> because you asked for three, as many as you want to give, <laughs> yeah, this will be the last one. I really do think it's important to turn off your phone, like I said, and then start going internal and deciding what does, what, what do I want my days to feel like? I don't need a checklist of like, I want to make sure I do this. And that. do I want my days to feel calm and organized? How mm-hmm. can I make that happen? Do I need to just take five minutes to clean up at the end of the night or during dinner time or probably not too, whatever. What do, do I need to give them 15 minutes before mm-hmm. we do bath time on the TV so that I can clean the house so that yeah. once they're asleep, I go, oh, that was worth it. Like, so get internal, think about the th- how you want things to be and then real ways to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. I <laughs> You did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I Free really, bonus. I love all of those. They, I think those are very, very important. And anytime I have tried to do any one of those things in my own life, it has made like a drastic difference in my parenting and like my interactions with my son. And, and I feel like, a you know, the mom that I want to be. Right. Um, Oh, I love that. I I saw you, I saw you almost say better mom. Yeah. And then you changed it to mom. I want to be, I like that. (laughs) That's important. That's important. Thank you. I am trying so hard to be aware of my language around that these days. And like, just catch myself. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this was so wonderful. I had no idea really what kind of conversation we were going to have, but I'm so happy you helped me to like guide the direction of it. Yeah. And I feel like sustainable parenting is so many different things, so many different facets. So I'm so thankful for what you shared today. And then anybody who wants to follow you for a lot of like, you know, like really eco-friendly things too. All that crunchy stuff we talked about in the beginning, like Shayla's YouTube channel, Instagram podcast, all of it is under Hey Shayla. And there are so many wonderful topics to dive into, like just years worth of stuff that has really helped guide me into motherhood. And even the quick little poll I put on my Instagram, like just before this interview already, so many people are like, Oh, I love Hey Shayla. Hey Shayla. Oh my gosh. Fun. Yeah. So like, Anyone who hasn't tuned in needs to do that now. Just putting that out there. (laughs) Well, and like, I mean, you get eco-friendly, you get parenthood, but like the video I posted yesterday was sex after two kids. 
Yes. yes. So there, <laughs> so there's that too. There's just real life. Is Anything. What it is. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a, yeah. Wild, wild card. Thank you so much. This has yes, been really wonderful. You. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, spread the word over your social media, or simply leave a review wherever you subscribe to this podcast to help others find it as well. Thank you so much for being here. I'll catch you next time.